I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices on Living with Disability, the podcast that provides a platform for real people to share their untold stories. In this series, we hear stories of friendship, freedom, and changing perceptions. If these episodes resonate with you, spread the love and share them with a friend. Let's get into today's episode. I live in Abingdon in the wonderful county of Oxfordshire and I, well, I'm at school. I'm in, uh, I'm in sixth form at the moment. Meet Ben. My full name is Benjamin Keith Fulsham, if we want to ha- have the official name, but actually just Ben Fulsham will be fine. <laughs> ben is 17 years old. He's about to take his A-levels. He's excited about going to university. His big sister Ruth is helping him to prepare. She's been a great supporter, supporter of me, and for years she was just someone who would support me and who would help me and a person I could talk to easily. But now as we've got older, she's almost like another friend to me. Ruth has given Ben lots of advice to help him adjust to university life. Advice like... Don't be judgmental of other people's ac- actions and just care about yourself and look after yourself first and foremost. Ben has prosopagnosia. Commonly known as face blindness. It means that I cannot recognise the faces of people and I have to recognise them through their voice or their hairstyle or by understanding the context of where people will be at a certain time. He also lives with autism. The best way for me to describe it is it means I think differently and my brain is wired completely differently to anyone else. It's a different way of living, a different way of seeing the world. Uh, and the reason why it's a disability is because the world is not built for autistic people. It's built for non-autistic people. Ben has a tendency to interpret what people are saying very literally. Sometimes he'll have to check whether they are joking or being sarcastic. Back when I was free, um, we were at a department store or something like that. Ben's mum said she was going to call the lift. A classic sort of just term, a phrase that people would use. And then I um, ended up just shouting out, lift, because I thought going to call a lift, that means you have to call lift. Ben is really good at staying organised. I have an exceptionally good memory. And he aced his mock history exam without doing any revision. Uh, my brain works almost entirely on logic. I, I can see things sort of piece together fairly easily and think through things and analyse things very well, as long as they are logical. It will probably come as a surprise that there was a time when Ben's parents thought that their bright, ambitious son wouldn't even finish primary school. When Ben was little, he would often have what's called a meltdown. It's an intense emotional and physical response that autistic people have to overwhelming situations. They can temporarily lose control. And those meltdowns would sometimes just be me lying on the floor and making a lot of noise, but a lot of time they'd involve lashing out and hurting people and the thing I want to make very clear is that 
when I had a meltdown, it would not be me having behavioural issues or anything. It was me not knowing how to express my emotions and end up expressing them through sort of physical means rather than verbally. And I didn't, un- I didn't understand. The teachers at his primary school didn't understand either. They thought Ben had behavioural issues. They did the unthinkable. They were so unhappy with me after I had meltdown that they would put me in a completely bank room. It was a room that was white walls. I think there's a whiteboard at the front, uh, maybe a table, but not much on the walls. They would then shut the door. They would then lean against the door and hold it shut so I couldn't get out. This happened not once, not twice, but many times. Ben would have a meltdown and the teachers would lock him inside a small bare classroom. Sometimes for 20 minutes, sometimes for half an hour, completely alone. They thought that that would calm me down, but actually all it did was make me more stressed, more anxious. And one time I I, I felt so trapped, I was was petrified is the best word for it. I didn't feel like I could get out. I felt, I felt, I didn't understand why they were doing this to me. So I, one time I tried to climb out the window and they were surprised that I tried to do that. But, but I, was, I was just scared and I didn't want to be trapped in this room. Sometimes Ben's anger would override his fear. I definitely was angry. I was very, very angry. They put me in, the, in this room to try and make me calm down. All it did was increase my anger. Ben would shout and scream. Sometimes he would throw chairs across the room. I did not know how to manage my emotions, and that was what I'd do. I would. It, it was a traumatic experience. One particularly traumatic time, Ben bit a teaching assistant during a meltdown. While they were restraining me, a TA said to me, Ben, don't bite other people. If you need to bite something, then bite yourself. And in that sense, we're effectively telling me that self-harming was better than having a meltdown. And that stuck with me and affected me years afterwards where I would still sometimes bite myself if I was angry with myself. And I was inflicting the pain from them onto myself. When the school staff had decided that Ben had enough of being locked in this bare room. They would then maybe after a while come in and tell me off. Um, and they, this thing they always did whenever I had a meltdown. I'd always be told off as it's my fault. It's nothing, nothing of a what should we do next time to cope with it. It was always being told off. It's important to say at this point. The teachers knew that Ben had autism. I'd been diagnosed back when I was four. They, they, they knew that I was autistic, but and they probably, if they would have asked asked someone who's autistic, they probably would know that what I was experiencing was just an off-working of having autism and something that you just need to learn strategies to cope with. But they, they saw it as behavioural issues and that I effectively needed to be punished and that's why I ended up being excluded so many times. I was, I was excluded countless times. Imagine it. 
An eight-year-old kid being trapped in a room and then excluded from school because he needed help coping with his emotions and the school didn't know how. My parents have since told me that they did not think I'd actually reach the end of primary school. They thought that I'd be permanently excluded before that. Thankfully, things did change. For most of his teenage years, Ben was able to go to a special educational needs school known as SEN. Whenever I had a disagreement or a falling out or a, or a um, meltdown or anything, they would work tirelessly to get me to understand and to go back over. And one of the things that Ben needed support with was reading comprehension. And you wouldn't think of this, but reading comprehension is actually really difficult for autistic people because the questions are worded in such a way that it's very hard to understand them. Such as a question saying, in this um, text, what does the author, what is the author thinking? And I thought, well, what? I don't know what the author's thinking. Is the author thinking what they're going to have for lunch? Uh, I actually did say that a few times. His teachers would sit down with Ben and go over practice SATS papers. And would say, look out for the unautistic friendly questions. He called it unautistically friendly questions. Um, and then would say, okay, this is how we approach it we say well what do they want you to answer and it was through that that I actually realized that they were that school was there to help me school under not only first of all they, they understood they understood me and accepted me for who I was and then they thought that then what they wanted to do was to actually help shape me and this was academically and they also helped socially and in the sense that if I ever had a meltdown, they would not only help me calm down, but then afterwards they would talk over with me what went wrong and then what could be better next time. They did nothing to punish me or anything. Ben was never excluded from this school. The staff took the time to help him understand his own emotions. Daughters people actually sometimes struggle to associate the punishment with whatever the reason for punishing them is. And as well, um, it's not a great way for developing. Punish punishment is not a great way for development. So instead it was all constructive and being s sitting down and working out what had gone wrong and then finding a solution, finding strategies to cope. And that was such an amazing experience to go through all of that. And I've come out the end of it as a, as a much better rounded individual. One of Ben's favourite teachers at the school was Mr Bishop. He wore glasses and a fleece jacket. He would make cheesy jokes that Ben rolled his eyes at, but kind of secretly loved. He would be the person I could go and talk to about any worry I had, he he had this amazing ability to calm people down and could calm me down very in in such a good way, but also never was never really told people off. Even if he told people off, it would it was always in a very constructive way, and he was he didn't shout or anything. I. I cannot imagine where I'd be without without being a special school. And it's also very inspiring to know that one school, one school that is accepting and inclusive and understanding, 
can make that much of a difference to someone's life. When it was time for Ben to go to sixth form college to study for his A-levels, he knew that he was ready to join a mainstream school. But finding one with the right support wasn't easy. A staff member at a school he was interested in sent him an email. Saying, Ben, your face blindness is a health and safety issue. Which was one of the most offensive things I've actually heard. Incredibly ableist. So offensively ableist. A health and safety issue. Ben couldn't believe what he was reading. Anger is what I felt after that. I felt very angry. Look, why? Why? Just... There's no reason to say something like that. There's no, there's no point. And I really wanted to go to that school. And then I was sad. I was sort of a bit tearful. And I was worried that nowhere would actually be accepting and understanding of me. And that was a absolutely horrible thing to experience. Happily, though. Ben did find a sixth form college that was supportive. The thing that makes a difference is we've got a head of sixth form who is incredibly accepting and understanding of me. Her name was Ms Deering. She noticed la- last year before a set of marks that I was f- extremely tired and it was only a couple of days before my marks started. And she specifically came up to me and said, Ben, you are too tired to do any revision. Go home and do not revise because you will just wear yourself out. And it was amazing that she actually spotted that and said, well, yeah, I'm telling other people to revise, but don't you, you don't want to work yourself out. In 2019, Ben took his interest in politics to the next level and joined the Liberal Democrats. He's especially involved in the Young Liberals, which is the youth wing of the party. It was during 2021 um, that I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's also in the party, and we realised that no political organisation, no major political organisation, has a policy on special needs education. Ben took matters into his own hands. Over the next six months, he wrote the Young Liberals policy on special needs education. He submitted it to be considered at the party's national conference. It was accepted, and Ben was invited to speak at the conference. When I was doing that speech at the conference, I was, because I found high anxiety, I was physically shaking, um, uh, physically shivering, and it was letting all my emotions out to a room full of probably about 60, 70, maybe 80 people. Ben poured his heart out during that speech. I was incredibly open about what my needs have been, how difficult my life had been due to the problems with special needs education, which is ultimately a crisis. There is a SEN crisis within this country. I was there by myself, standing in front of a room full of of people, um, most of whom I'd never met before, but some, some who I knew, and had to offload about this experience that I'd been through. It was, it was a tough experience, but it's, it was well worth it. And I remember that people would just start clapping, and by the end I actually got what was effectively a standing ovation, um, and one of the few people to get that at the conference, which 
is a memory that probably stick with me for a, a, a very long time. Ben even won an award for best speech. I am extremely proud to say and it, to see that it's been acknowledged that my difficulty has been acknowledged by a uh, youth political organisation that also passed the policy almost unanimously. The thing is, we can now lobby. We can effectively call for change and also campaigning on it and calling for the government to make change about special needs education is also hopefully a vessel we can use to raise awareness about special needs education and call on our elected representatives to acknowledge the same crisis and make a difference. Hopefully people won't have to go through what I've been through in future. I have this skill where I can do a very powerful speech and I know other autistic people and other disabled people who can also do very powerful speeches and we can, a lot of us can put our minds to something and I was able to put my mind to writing this policy and researching it and then to writing this speech and I, I just wanted to say that actually we can do stuff, we can make a difference and in this as well, if we get the right support both in education and in society, we can make a massive difference. When he was growing up, Ben felt an anger and frustration that he couldn't control and didn't know what to do with. Now, he's channeling that anger into making real positive change for people with autism and for SEN students. Autism is not negative. Autism is not positive. Autism just makes you different. And that is a key one of my key principles about disability. Disability is not a bad word. I want to change people's perceptions of disability. People make too many assumptions that it is something that's negatively affecting you. And actually, it isn't always. It can be difficult. Life, being, being a disabled person, life, it can be difficult, but there are many perks. And for me, it's having a logical thinking brain. It's for uh, having a very good memory. And I am proud of it and I'm proud of my autism and if I didn't have my autism I'd not be myself. That's one of the greatest things I've learned is to be content with, with my disability. Ben has clearly been through a powerful emotional journey in his life so far. Ironically, having autism has meant that Ben can struggle to relate to and control emotions, yet he demonstrates a deep understanding of his own condition and the world in which he finds himself. As Ben says, the challenges with being autistic mainly stem from the fact that the world is set up for those who do not have autism. The onus is always on those who are different to find ways of adapting. Ben's campaigning has started early and is crucial in a time when key services have suffered significant funding cuts. And we cannot allow people to be neglected as it isn't accommodating for differences that lead to marginalization. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. 
See you for another incredible story next week.